Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host Brandy and on this show we talk about all things wrestling from AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On today's show we're going to cover Monday Night Raw from 531 and Friday Night SmackDown from... 6-4. So let's get started with the action, shall we guys? Let's start with Monday Night Raw. But before we get into Monday Night Raw, there's something that I want to discuss with you guys. Something that I kind of want to touch base on because I know you guys in the wrestling world, especially anybody across the world knows about this and it's kind of something that I kind of want to touch base with and kind of want to talk to you guys about because it's kind of what we would call, most people in the wrestling world would call a black day in wrestling. You guys... I probably know before I even say it what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the newest releases from WWE. This thing I kind of want to touch a little base on before I get into Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown because the people that were on that were released this week were part of Monday Night Raw and were part of Friday Night SmackDown. So they're kind of somebody you know some people want to touch about. You kind of want to touch a little bit. I don't want to go into too much detail on it, but I do want to go a little bit of detail. I'm all about giving you guys wrestling news. I'm all about telling you guys what's going on in the wrestling world, not just what's going on on Raw, SmackDown, and any other wrestling company that I cover. I talk about anything that's wrestling. And like I told you guys, uh, you if you want to talk about anything that involves wrestling, whatever it is, even if it's not what I cover, social media, you know where I'm at. You know how to give me a shout out. Tell me what you guys are thinking. I love hearing your opinions. I love hearing you guys' thoughts. Pretty sure you guys are going to have a thought on this the same way that I do. I'm talking about the six WWE superstars that were released this past week. I'm talking about Lana, Aleister Black, Braun Strowman, Ruby Riot, Sandra Garrett. I want to cover just a little bit about this, guys, because this, to me, is a very touchy subject. It's very touchy, and it's very upsetting to me to see these people get released. Let's start with this whole thing with Bron- the whole thing with the six superstars. It bugs me because these superstars, the majority of them, were major players on both Raw and SmackDown. Buddy Murphy, another one major player that was let go that bugs me, too. That one bugs me more than anything. It bugs me when anybody in WWE is let go. But when you let six major players who all had a key part, some of them in major storylines at the time, that were setting up for feuds with other people, it bugs me. Because it leaves the other superstars that were involved in these feuds with no storyline to go with. Braun Strowman, we all know, huge, mega superstar. Huge. I mean, one of the top WWE superstars going right now. Just had a feud at WrestleMania Backlash with Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. He was making a run for the WWE title. All of a sudden, he's gone. What? What is going on? I really want to know what's going on in the WWE world. In the world of WWE and Vince McMahon. What is going on in that company right now? Because we've seen so many superstars let go more this year than what we've seen in previous years. Majority of the people that we've seen in previous years are not as big as these six 
who were just released. And majority of them are not as big as the previous group that was released, like Mickey James and some of the others. It scares me. It makes me wonder what is going on in WWE. I mean, Braun Strowman, told you, in a feud with with you know, with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, just had a killer match against them at Backlash, making a run for the WWE title. Buddy Murphy, he's been out of out of off television for a little while, but was getting ready to make a comeback. Buddy Murphy doing so well in 205 Live. Did so well with this whole thing with Seth Rollins. You know, started another feud with Seth. Originally looked like he was going to get back with Seth. All of a sudden, what? He's let go? Huh? Sandra Garrett. Sandra Garrett, for those of you who don't know, is from NXT. You might have seen her in the Royal Rumble last year. Guys, Sandra Garrett is a heck of a wrestler. And I don't mean I don't see why you would let someone who really didn't have a chance to shine other than Royal Rumble be let go. I don't understand why you do this. I don't understand the concept of this or why you would even want to do this. Ruby Riot. She's gotta tell you she's with Liv Morgan. They're on fire right now. They were on fire last week when they faced Tamina and Natalia. They were making a run for the women's tag team titles. Why in the world would you get rid of Ruby Riot in the middle of a storyline? It makes no sense to me. Then you've got you've got Alistair Black. This one is the one that bugs me the most next to the last one that I'm going to mention. Alistair Black. You guys know how I feel about Alistair Black. You know exactly how I feel about Alistair Black. I've told you guys how excited I was to see him finally return to SmackDown. Finally make this big comeback with this great new storyline. Looking forward to seeing what he was going to do with, with it. Looking forward to seeing what he was going to accomplish. Could we see him go for the you know Universal title? I was excited to see this. In the middle of a storyline with Big E. Two weeks ago, he returned to SmackDown and attacked Big E, setting up a feud between Aleister Black and Big E. He had an incredible return. He got the loudest pop that I have heard. People were so excited. It was all over social media that this man was returning to SmackDown after his long hiatus. And now all of a sudden, poof, he's gone. No more Aleister Black. No feud with Big E. No, you know, no nothing. What? Huh? I'm confused. I'm befuddled. The last one is the biggest befuddle. Lana. This one bugs me more than... And you guys know how I feel about the women's division. No matter what company it's from, I stand by my women's division as much as I stand by my men's. I think the women are not getting the just credit that they deserve. They're not getting a chance to prove when showcase what they can do. They're not getting what they deserve. And then you, Lana, that's the biggest upset of them all to me. Lana was having a great run, not only singly, but a great run with Naomi. She was literally having a killer run. Looked like to me eventually they were going to set up a feud between the Riot Squad and Lana and Naomi. We were seeing it coming. It was starting to brew. We were getting ready for it. And all of a sudden, gone. I don't know what is going on in the world of WWE right now. Six huge mega superstars I mean at the top of their game are now gone and there's talks of more being let go 
there's talks of more not being safe. Guys, what is going on in WWE right now? What is happening? We don't... I mean, we can't grasp the concept. Once we get you, you are okay, all right, now they've let these people go. We, you know, the dust settles down. We're good. They hit us with this. We don't... I can't grasp the concept of what is going on in a company that I, you know, grew up watching since I was little. A company that I loved. A company that I watched start at the bottom of the barrel and become one of the most global conglomerates in the world. Why let go of such fantastic superstars that are literally in storylines and are at the top of their game right now and are not just superstars, they're mega superstars. They're what people pay to see. They pay their tickets to see these people. They stand in line for hours to meet these superstars that they've never gotten to meet that they see on television every week. Why? Why would you do this? It makes no sense to me. Guys, I want you guys to get on social media right now. Get on social media and tell me what you think about these new releases. Because to me, this just blows my mind. This just come out of nowhere. Blindsided. Was not prepared for this. Was not prepared to see these people be taken, you know, out of WWE all of the sudden. It, it, it blows, it boggles the mind. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And it just didn't affect... You know us as the as you know as WWE universe, but affected the wrestling world as a whole. Everybody was talking about it, from AEW to New Japan to Ring of Honor, Impact. Everybody was talking about this because this made no sense. This was no reason for these superstars to be let go right now. There was, I mean, WWE's getting ready to go back on the road. These guys were going to be a valuable asset to WWE, and you just let them go. It made no sense to me. It boggles the mind. It literally boggles the mind. I want to say this to the six superstars that I just announced. Buddy Murphy, Braun Strowman, Lana, Aleister Black, Sandra Garrett and Ruby Riot. If you guys are listening, which I know you guys do, you listen to podcasts a lot. I wish you guys the best of luck on your future endeavors. I wish you guys success in wherever you go. I'm looking forward to seeing where you guys are going to end up and what you're going to do because you have so much more to accomplish. You have so much more talent to give to the world and I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to do. You're gravely going to be missed in WWE but I'm looking forward to seeing what lies ahead for the six of you. I'm looking forward to seeing what lies ahead for anybody else in WWE that may be let go in the coming weeks. I'm hoping that nobody else has to go through this. I'm hoping that nobody else has to face this. That they have to come to what am I going to do next. Guys, the sky's the limit for you. The sky's the limit for all of you. There, There is a lot of opportunities out there and I I see you guys having success somewhere else. I see you guys succeeding where you couldn't succeed in WWE. WWE made a grave mistake and eventually they're going to figure this out when you guys go on to something bigger and better. I see it. I see it. I see it's coming. It's coming. You guys are going to do great. You guys are going to bounce back. You're going to come into another company and you're just going to dominate it. And you're going to succeed where you couldn't succeed there. The The sky's the limit for you guys. It really is. It's the limit. It, re- it is. 
Now we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Past this black coal cloud that's hanging over WWE and move on to Monday Night Raw for 5-31-2021. It opens with The Miz doing, yay, happy to see The Miz back. So glad to see The Miz back. He's doing Miz TV. And of course, Morrison's with him. Morrison's wearing garlic around his neck. Now, for those of you guys probably who were watching this, or for those of you who haven't seen it, you're scratching your head going, Garlic? What? He's referencing back to WrestleMania Backlash and the Lumberjack match involving the zombies. Guys, anybody with common sense knows garlic doesn't chase off zombies. It chases off vampires, but not zombies. Uh, but he clarifies that it's for zombies, vampires, it's for everything. Miz is not liking the smell. And I know we all know how garlic smells. We can only imagine how bad Morrison smells sitting next to Miz. We can only imagine the suffering Miz is going through having to smell Morrison sitting next to him. We can only imagine. But, of course, Miz claims he was injured. We, you know, we hope that that was not the case and that maybe he took a vacation or he needed some time off to rest and relax, but he said he was injured uh you know he also comments about of course like i told you the garlic around uh, around morrison's neck morrison told him oh not only do i have the garlic around my neck but i have a uh dripstick full of liquid garlic and he shows us and you can only imagine you add that with the garlic around his neck and you're like whoa that arena has got to smell i'm pretty sure that Corey Graves can smell it down on commentary desk. It's got to be strong. I mean, strong. You're just sitting there going, poor Miz. You just feel bad for Miz. But he basically, Miz says he, when the time that he was gone, he kind of had time to reflect on everything that's happened from WrestleMania up to now. He had time to reflect on everything that he's done involving Damian Priest, Bad Bunny, Bobby Lashley. He's had time to reflect on it. And now he kind of has some empathy and that he needs to give back to the superstars because he feels that that's what he needs to do. He needs to refocus, you know, pay, you know, pay a little bit more attention, you know, focus on his career and kind of help other people in the back that need the help. Yeah, I get that. You want to re reevaluate re everything, Miz. I'm all for it. Reevaluate because anything that Miz does, guys, is electrifying. Anything this guy does is incredible. He's an incredible performer. No matter what he's doing, Miz is incredible. So to see Miz reevaluate things, you're like, okay, we're going to see something spot on spectacular from Miz. Looking forward to seeing where that is going to go with Miz. I'm happy to see Miz back. I'm excited to see Miz back. Of course, one of his guests is Charlotte Flair. She comes out. Miz and Morrison are dancing to her music. It's hilarious. It's absolutely funny. Morrison comes over because Charlotte wants him to lift up the ring rope so she can come through. And, of course, Charlotte smells the garlic. You see the face. Charlotte's not happy. The smell, you know, has got to be just killing Charlotte. She comes through the ring ropes. She sits down. And Charlotte, like I said, is not a fan of the garlic necklace. Obviously, you, you can tell. She starts bad mouth on Rhea. Starts claiming how she, like she said, she's the opportunity. You got to go through her to get what you want. Rhea's had her time. She stole Charlotte's spotlight. She showed both the typical Charlotte heel Charlotte Flair maneuver. 
We're used to seeing Charlotte do this. This is what Charlotte does. This is where Charlotte shines, is when she's a heel. She does, I mean, she's great as a face, but she's just, she's better as a heel. She literally can make you hate her in seconds just by the way she does things. She's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Does an incredible promo. Rhea comes out. Charlotte's not happy to see Rhea Ripley. Not at all. You can see it on her face. She's just not happy to see Rhea. Rhea comes up, sits down, and goes, Oh, Charlotte, you really think that I'm stealing your opportunity and I'm stealing your spotlight? You, you, and Charlotte basically you know, does, just doesn't want to deal with Rhea. She just wants to get this Morrison Miss TV thing over with so she can move on to Hell in a Cell, face Rhea, and do what Charlotte does. That's how she feels. Well, they're talking back and forth and... Charlotte basically, you know, tells Rhea she's going to send her to hell, a hell in a cell. Rhea begs to differ, you know, she basically is back and forth. Morrison thinks she's a vampire because the way Rhea's dressed. Rhea laughs at him because Rhea, no, 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 no. She tells him, I'm not a vampire, Morrison, I'm a nightmare. Keep that in mind. And she is, she's known as the nightmare Rhea Ripley. She goes, and I'm going to be Charlotte's worst nightmare at Hell in a Cell. They recap, and Charlotte starts picking on Rhea about not being able to beat Nikki Cross past Monday night. They recap Rhea losing, showing how Rhea lost, which was absolutely incredible. I was happy for Nikki Cross. I really was. I was very happy for Nikki. Charlotte's kind of making fun of Rhea and poking at her, you know, like Charlotte does. Poke, poke, poke. It's an interesting little, you know, battle back and forth. Charlotte basically thinks she can beat her. She's not going to beat Nikki. No problem. I can beat Nikki Cross. Nikki's music hits. Here comes Nikki Cross down to the ring. Charlotte looks even more annoyed than what she was when Rhea came. Charlotte's like, what is she doing here? She don't need to be here. She doesn't need to be involved in this. Keep Nikki out of it. You know, yada, yada, yada. First, Miz apologizes to Charlotte and Rhea for, you know, and for, you know, Nikki interrupting. Nikki apologizes to Miz for coming in because she felt that she needed to say what she needed to say, get whatever she had to say off her chest, and move on. She wants to challenge the winner of Hell in a Cell for the title because she did, of course, pin, the, or she did of course win against the champ. She did win. Two seconds, two minutes, she won. She did. Plain and simple, she has the right to a shot at the title. Well, Nikki of course still talking about how she thinks she should be young, should have a shot at the title. Charlotte doesn't think so. Charlotte gets up and tells Nikki, no, 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 no. You haven't proven a thing. You haven't proved that you can, you know, that you can beat a champion. That I could beat you. There would be no problem beating you. I could beat you in two minutes. I could beat you in one minute. She goes, you're not worthy of a title shot. You're not worthy of anything because you basically, she's saying, you've got to go through the opportunity. Nikki gets tired of her. Nikki smacks her. I mean, knocks the taste out of Charlotte's mouth. Rhea's in shock. Miz is in shock. Morrison's in shock. I think the whole WWE universe held their breath because Nikki smacked Charlotte. We all <gasps> holding our breath going, uh-oh, you know, you're in complete shock at this. 
Charlotte goes, okay, you little troll. I'm going to give you your match. I'm going to tell you right now, I am going to beat you in one minute. I guarantee you I can. Well, we get Nikki Cross versus Charlotte. Rhea's sitting at commentary desk to watch the whole thing because Rhea wants to see if Charlotte can actually beat Nikki where she couldn't last week. The claw of the time is on. The match is on. The match is really good. Back and forth. Yeah, Nikki's running out of the ring trying to... And Nikki's doing really good. She's dodging Charlotte at every turn. She's really frustrating Charlotte. Charlotte and her go back and forth. Charlotte gets ready to lock in her figure four into the figure eight. The clock runs out. Charlotte could not beat Nikki. So... Nikki gets to face whoever wins at Hell in a Cell for the women, Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte's not happy. Charlotte starts blame, blaming Rhea, saying, This is your fault. You're the reason I got distracted. You were out here. You distracted me the whole time Rhea's laughing at her. Because Rhea thinks it's funny that Charlotte ran her mouth and Nikki proved her wrong. She thinks it's hilarious. She thinks it's funny that Charlotte could not beat Nikki. Whole time Charlotte's yelling at her, Rhea isn't flinching. Nikki's over there celebrating. I'm happy for Nikki. Go, Nikki. I cannot wait to see who you're going to face after Hell in a Cell. I can't wait. It's going to be an exciting match. I'm looking forward to it. Damian Priest and Matt Riddle. They're talking about going back on the road. Damian Priest and Matt Riddle are really excited that WWE is going back on I'm excited that WWE is going back on the road. It, it, it's an exciting time for w, you know, for wrestling fans to see any wrestling company, whether it be WWE, AEW, Impact, any of them going back on the road. It's incredible to get to see because it gives the fans an opportunity to experience what they can experience inside Thunderdome. So it's kind of exciting to get to see this. But they're talking about going back on the road. And Matt Riddle says, well, hey, since we're going back on the road, you know, maybe you can teach me a little bit of Spanish. And uh, he tries to say mano y mano. And he doesn't say it right. He says mana y mana. And Jamie goes, did you mean mano y mano? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So he starts asking him, you know, what hamburgers and french fries. You know, how do you say this? How do you say that? He says, how do you say, you know, Papa in Spanish, and you know, he's going back and telling him, and they're having this little conversation. And he asks him, Well, how do you say hello, Randy, in Spanish? The, face, the color on Damien's face drains, and he literally goes straight facing us, Hello, Randy. And Matt goes, Oh, I didn't know. I thought it would be something kind of cool. And Damien shook his head and points behind Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle turns around, and there stands Randy Orton. He basically tells him, I saw what you did last week against Xavier Woods. I saw you use my RKO. I saw that. And Matt Riddle's like, oh, I'm sorry. I probably should have asked you. I'm so, so sorry, Randy. I should have asked you before I used your finisher. I re I'm really sorry. Please, please, please forgive me. Randy goes, no, 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 no. It looked good. It looked really good. I was impressed. You did really well. But here's the thing. If we're going to do this tag team thing together, you're going to have to listen to me. You're going to have to pay attention to me and what I do. So here's what I propose. You're going to come down with me tonight during my match. And you're going to sit and you're going to watch my match. 
and I'm going to teach you a thing or two about what we need to do as a tag team. If we're going to work together, you're going to have to watch me. You're going to have to pay attention to what I do. And Matt, of course, agrees, and he's starting to get excited and talking about what he wants to do with RK Bro and da da da. Randy shuts him off, tells him, zip your mouth. Matt zips his mouth. Randy goes, turn the key and unlock the key with his hand. Matt does that. He holds his hand out, drops the invisible key in his hand. Randy looks at the key for a second, kind of looks at Matt, looks at the key, and throws the invisible key behind his back and walks off. Well, Matt Riddle jumps up and literally starts driving around on his scooter, scrambling on the ground looking for the invisible key. This is hilarious that Randy can make Matt Riddle be quiet, can make Matt Riddle sit and listen. I still think Randy's up to something. I just don't know what it is. And guys, we all as wrestling fans know Randy Orton never does anything by the book. Randy does it Randy's way. We've seen when Randy's in a tag team what happens. When he was tagged with Bray Wyatt, we all were enjoying this tag team. Randy eventually turned on Bray Wyatt. We're not we're thinking the same thing that we saw back then. History repeats itself. It always does with the legend killer. So, he's up to something. We just don't know what it is. Corey Graves believes Randy is... He believes in me. Randy's up to something. Byron Saxon, on the other side, he thinks there's a really good tag team match coming. You know, good tag team group coming together. Jimmy Smith, who is the new commentator with... Graves and Saxon isn't quite sure what to think because, I mean, he's new to this. This is his first night on Monday Night Raw, so he's not quite sure. Anyone in the WWE universe knows Randy has a motive for everything that he does. He never tells us the motive until later. So, guys, as much as I'm excited to see Randy bring out this dark side in Matt Riddle that we haven't seen, since back in NXT, we all know there's an arterial motive. We all know that Randy is up to something. We just don't know what it is yet. And I'm interested to see where this is going to go. Whether Randy really is going to turn on Matt or what's going on. I mean, I love when veterans push new, you know, newcomers. I love when they push them. But Randy Orton never does anything without a reason. He never does anything. I mean, he's a classic veteran. He never does anything without a reason, guys. And Randy has a reason. I just don't know what that reason is yet. He's not given us the reason yet. So I'm interested to see where this is going to go. Of course, that leads to what I said. Xavier Woods versus Randy Orton. Matt Riddle does come down. And he's watching the match. The match between Xavier Woods and Randy Orton is a really good match. It's a very, very good classic wrestling match. Two great performers showcasing what they can do but of course as always randy orton does what randy orton does but he does it in a shocking way randy does win guys he wins this match but it's in a shocking way he wins the match by using matt riddle's finisher the bro Derek. matt riddle is ecstatic that randy just used his finisher move when the week before Matt had used the RKO to win. So you're like, okay, what is going on here? Is Randy toying with him? 
Of course Randy's toying with him. We all know Randy's doing it. We all are seeing the writing on the wall, but Matt Riddle doesn't see it. We all know that Randy's heading, dragging Matt Riddle into dangerous waters, and he's going to drown him. We know it's coming. We just don't know when. It's amazing. You know, he hops up there. He's so excited. He, you know, he's tapping Randy on the shoulder. Matt's so excited. Matt, don't get your hopes up, honey. Randy has a motive for everything, and he's coming for you. It's just a matter of when. You bested him. He's not happy. He's not going to take this lying down. That's just how it is. That's how it's always been. That's just the way the Viper does. If you don't know Randy Orton, then you, you're lost. Because we all know he doesn't. He didn't earn that name, the Viper, for for no reason. He earned it because he really is a snake in the grass. You don't know what he's going to do. You don't know when he's going to strike. When he does, it's a surprise. It's a complete shot out of the blue. Expecting this to come. Now, I told you guys this was going to be an interesting matchup. You had Shayna Baszler versus Reginald. Of course, Nia Jax does not come out. She plans to, but Reginald tells her, I've got this on my own. Just stay in the back. Watch on this screen up here. I've got her. Don't worry about me. I'm okay. I told you guys this match was going to be interesting because Shayna. Shayna is dominating in everything that Queen of Spades does, guys. Baszler is incredible. And this match was interesting because... You rarely get to see woman fighting a man in a ring. That's just how WWE does it. They don't normally do that. When you have a mixed match, you normally have the women fighting the women and the men fighting the men. So to see Shayna do this with Reginald, it was a great match. Reginald flipping, avoiding Shayna. You know, you're like, oh, this is interesting. Shayna could have this. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. She gets him in the Caribou clutch. And we're all like, he's going to go out. Yes, finally, Shayna's going to get her revenge. Fire on all four poles. Shoots up out of nowhere. Reginald gets the win. I, as a wrestling, female wrestling fan, was very upset about this. Because Shayna did not deserve to lose the way she lost. I was not happy. But, this leads back to Alexa Bliss. Something is brewing between Alexa and Shayna. And I'm not quite sure what Alexa Bliss and her little friend Lily have in store for Shayna. But this is going all the way back to Alexa. Two weeks in a row, this fire has popped up. We all know Alexa's notorious for fire. She shot it at Randy Orton. She's used it several times since she's been with The Fiend. We all know she's notorious for it under this new persona. So, something's brewing with Alexa Bliss and Shayna. Just not quite sure what it is yet. Not sure. Interesting to see. MVP. I told you guys that, of course, there is a match tonight with Drew McIntyre and Kofi Kingston. We heard about that last week. MVP and Bobby Lashley both are banned from ringside. If they show up, there's going to be they're both going to be suspended for 90 days without pay. If either one of them show up, they both get suspended. Well, MVP brings the girls on Lashley and them are having a nice little segment in the back in the VIP lounge. It's a little party. It's an interesting little segment. 
I like them bringing Lashley in this way. It's it's a great little, you know, little promo preview of what we can expect. Are we going to see MVP get some goons to interfere in Drew McIntyre's and Kofi Kingston's match? Don't know. MVP is all about pulling rabbits out of his hat or out of his sleeve, so to speak. So it's going to be interesting to see. But this little promo was cute. It was a great way to bring in Bobby Lashley because a lot of us in the WWE Universe look forward to seeing what Lashley and MVP are going to do next. What are they going to do to top what they did the week before? It's it's interesting. It's a really interesting little you know segment. Of course, they're doing the interviews with both Kofi Kingston and Drew McIntyre talking about the respect for each other, who's going, you know, who's going to win, who's going to fight who, you know. It, it's an interesting little segment to showcase what these two superstars, how they feel about each other inside the ring and what they think about each other and what they think they're going to do in this match. It's great little interview segments. I love it. I really do. It was a great little setup to a little preview of what we to expect later on tonight on Raw. Great preview. Then we move on to Mason T-Bar versus Lucha House Party. Guys, I saw this match, and you guys might have thought the same thing. Squash match right off the bat. Mason T-Bar right now are dominating in the tag team division. They are dominating right now. They are a force to be reckoned with. Guys, this is a squash match. I'm going to tell you right now. Before, I'm not even going to tell you guys this is a great match. I mean, it really was. It was really good for what Lucha House Party could do. But they were going up against a brick wall. A major brick wall that they they just, I just couldn't pass. It's just very hard to get past Mason T-Bar because of how dominating these boys are. Of course, you guys know, I've already told you, Mason T-Bar won this match. It was a squash match, in my opinion. It could have been better than what they did. They weren't giving Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalik a little bit more of credit where credit's due because these two luchadors are great. They are great in the ring no matter what they do, whether they're together or whether they are apart. They showcase what they can do. And to me, this was just a, it was a match that was not necessary. It was a filler match, and it really didn't need to be there. It, I mean, I, I'm all about putting, you know... Superstars in the back that really don't get a chance to shine. Bring them on the show and show what they can do. But not in these kind of situations. I don't like these kind of situations as a wrestling fan. I want a good match. And to me, this wasn't this wasn't a good match. It wasn't a fair match. You might disagree. That's fine. Tell me on social media if you disagree. I, I, mean, I would love to hear your opinions. I love Mason T-Bar. I do. But I also like Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalik. And I think that these two deserve more credit than what they're given on television. I really do because they really, they really are a good tag team. And they really are good separate. I mean, they are. They're just great. Alexa announces that she's going to have Reginald on her playground. To me, this is going to be interesting because... I want to see later on that night what Alexa is going to do with Reginald. I want to see how Nia Jax is going to react... To Reginald going with Alexa because of everything that's been going on with Shayna and Reginald getting caught in the crossfire with everything that's going on with Shayna and Alexa. So I'm interested to see later on tonight what's going to happen on Alexa's playground with Reginald. Is Reginald going to show up? Is Nia going to come with him? Could we see Shayna? It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen on Alexa's playground. I'm really interested to see this. It's, it's going to be interesting. We move on to Seamus. Seamus comes out 
He's been doing a lot of trash talking lately. I told you guys, when Sheamus is a champion, he's incredible. He is incredible to watch. So I enjoy seeing Sheamus every time he's out there. He comes out bad-mouthing Ricochet and Alberto Carrillo. Alberto Carrillo and Ricochet have literally had Sheamus' number. They have been gunning for that United States title around Sheamus' waist. Both of them want what Sheamus has. And both of them want it badly. So they, I, I don't blame them. I mean, they both deserve a chance to be champion. They really do. It would be great to see, you know, Carrillo have his first title in WWE. It would be fantastic. And it would be fantastic to see Ricochet get that United States title back. It would be amazing to see what Ricochet does with it. But they got to get through Sheamus. And they've really been gunning for him. They have been giving Sheamus a run for his money. But he saw a bad mouth on him and talking about how they don't deserve to be champion. They don't even deserve to be in the same ring as him. They have proven nothing to Sheamus at all. Sheamus is doing what Sheamus does. Classic Sheamus. We all you know, expect it. What he does next, we're not expecting. Sheamus says he doesn't want to do, fight them in a handicap match. He don't want to fight two-on-one. That's not Sheamus' style. I, I, he's not up for it. No, 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 no. He wants to face them both. But he wants to face them back to back. Guys, now for those of you who are crutching your head going back to back, he wants to have two matches in one night. He wants to face Alberto Carrillo and then after that face Ricochet or vice versa. Whichever one comes out first. This is where the problem lies. Because when you're in one match, it's grueling to be in one. But when you put yourself in a second match right after it, I mean literally after it, your body's wore down. Especially if it's a grueling long match. Your body's going to be wore down. You're going to be a little tired. You're not going to be completely on your A game. So to put yourself in two matches back to back, it's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game you're playing. Of course, it's not for the United States title, but still, it's still a dangerous game you're playing once you put yourself in that kind of position that Seamus just put himself into. So Seamus basically starts calling out, which one wants to face me first? Which one wants to come out here and show me what he can do? Ricochet answers the call. And the match between Ricochet and Seamus is a long one. And it's a very fast-paced, quick, grueling, I told you guys, grueling matches don't fail well for anybody when they're doing a match right behind it. It's a grueling match between Ricochet and Sheamus, ending with Ricochet beating Sheamus. Sheamus isn't happy. I can only imagine how Sheamus feels. And now he's got to face Alberto Carrillo? Carrillo comes out in the middle of Ricochet's fight and distracts Sheamus long enough for Ricochet to get the win. Well, when Alberto goes in, Ricochet stays on the outside just to ask support for Alberto Carrillo and watches this match. Sheamus, you can already tell, is exhausted. He's tired because he's had a long match with Ricochet. And now he's put himself in a situation where he has to fight Carrillo after fighting Ricochet. Not an easy match for Sheamus. Not easy at all. The first match was a lot harder, but a little bit more fast-paced. This one's a little bit more slowed down for Sheamus. Ricochet, fantastic. Alberto Carrillo in the second match on fire. This boy is just outmaneuvering, outdoing. Sheamus doesn't know what to do. 
in the middle of the match, in the middle of the fight, Ricochet standing on the side. Sheamus is in the corner, and Alberto Carrillo goes to hit him with an elbow. Well, he catches Sheamus in the face. When we see the camera pan on Sheamus, there is literally blood pouring from Sheamus's nose. Immediately. Corey Graves, Byron Saxton, Jimmy Smith, all of us, broken nose. Automatically, you think, broken nose. Sheamus has to have a broken nose. He has to. But Sheamus continues the match. Continues to try to fight off Alberto Carrillo. He really tries. Ricochet gets in there. Sheamus stops him. It gets a big old mess, but it ends in Carrillo defeating Sheamus. Guys, do you see where this may be going? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Helena Cell, could we see Sheamus defend his United States title in a triple threat match against Ricochet and Alberto Carrillo? Could we see that? Could that be where WWE Creative is going with this? I would love to see that match. I would love to see what Ricochet and Carrillo can do in a triple threat match. Because everybody knows I don't like triple threat matches at all because it doesn't favor the champ and it doesn't favor the other opponent. This one is going to be interesting because Ricochet and Carrillo can get Sheamus out of the match Sheamus can lose without even even getting pinned, without even being in the match. The stakes are high if they go this route. That's where it looks like they're going, is they're going to a triple threat match at Hell in a Cell for the United States title. I'm interested to see this. I'm interested to see if I'm right and this is where they're going. Obviously, both of them have beat the champ, so both of them should have a right to a shot at the title. Not quite sure. Not quite sure where WWE is going to go with this. Looking forward to you know, Monday night to see what they're going to do. To see how much further this is going to go. Or if they're going to finally say, Okay, Adam Pearce is going to say, Alright, Sheamus, you've got to defend your title against Alberto Carrillo and Ricochet. At Hell in a Cell. Looking forward to see where this is going. Really am. Naomi and Lana versus Mandy and Dana. This was an incredible match. Beautiful, perfect match. Putting two of the best women in the division. Your two great teams against each other. Lana, incredible. Naomi, incredible. Mandy, fantastic. Dana, fantastic. It was a great matchup. Great fight between these girls. Fantastic. You at one point thought, oh, Lana's got this. She's got it. It ends up culminating into Mandy and Dana winning the match. But it was not an easy win for Mandy and Dana. Lana and Naomi gave them a fight. And it was a great fight. It was a really, really good fight. Incredible match for Lana. Incredible, you know, great way to see her. Not Just not knowing at that time that this would be the last time we saw these two girls together. Not knowing that this would be the last time that we would see Lana. But to us, to me, and to us as WWE fans, incredible way for her to be, for her, for this to be her last match. It was an incredible match. It was a great matchup. I loved it. It was incredible. Fantastic match. Loved it. Here we go again with the veteran issue. I've told you guys how I feel about how WWE is doing their veterans. I have a big problem with it. It's burning me up as a wrestling fan to see the way that WWE is going with this whole veteran storyline. 
And the storyline I'm talking about is Cedric Alexander versus Sheldon Benjamin. Disrespecting a veteran to me bugs me. And I've told you guys this. They pave the way for every new star that comes in. Give them the respect and the credit where the credit is due. Cedric Alexander is not doing that. And that's bugging me that WWE is doing this to Sheldon Benjamin, who is a veteran. It bugs me. Sheldon Benjamin has beat Cedric Alexander. Let's move on. Sheldon Benjamin and Cedric Alexander feud, done. Let's move on. No, WWE don't want to do that. They want to do it one more time just to drive us crazy. Guys, I'm done with this match. I'm ready to see Sheldon move on and do bigger and better things. I'm ready to see Cedric move on and do bigger and better things. They don't need to feud against each other. Cedric doesn't need to disrespect Sheldon anymore. Move on, creative. Move on. Let's 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 get these guys doing something else instead of fighting each other. Cedric wins by cheating. By cheating. Typical heel fashion. But to me, it's still disrespectful. It's disrespectful to a veteran who paved the way for Cedric Alexander to be doing what he's doing. It bugs me. It, it aggravates me. Okay, guys. We've had this fight. We're done. Let's move on. Cedric won. Let's go on. Be done with it. Just be done with it. Raw Tag Team Championship match. This one I told you guys I was excited about last week. Because I'm happy when you put a new team against AJ and Amos. It's about dang time that you gave them somebody else besides New Day. It's a nice, you know, nice change. Of course, that championship match was Elias and Jackson Riker versus AJ Styles and Amos. I was ecstatic about this match from the beginning because I've always said Jackson Riker and Elias are great together. They have they have been so good together. And you know, helping each other out, giving each other that push they need. It was it's a great team. It's a great, you know, great team to put together. I was excited to see this match because I thought it would be great challenge for AJ and Almas and it would be a great opportunity for Elias and Riker because they deserve that opportunity because they really have been on fire in the tag team division. They've been doing really good. It was a great matchup to start with. It really was. It was a really good match and I foresaw it going better. I foresaw it doing really well. But then Elias threw me a curveball. And I'm pretty sure you guys out in the wrestling world agree. This was a big curveball. For those of you who didn't see it, I'm about to throw you that curveball. Elias is up on the ring ropes. Jackson Riker's in the ring facing AJ. He turns around goes over to make the tag to Elias. Elias has got his hand out going, come on, tag me, tag me. I want to come in. I want to fight this. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He jumps off the ring ropes and leaves Jackson Riker in the middle of the ring with AJ and almost. Riker's trying to figure out what's going on. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Corey Graves is even trying to figure out what's going on. Everybody in the Thunderdome goes, what just happened? Elias just walks away. Starts up the entrance ramp and stands there and watch almost and AJ defeat Jackson Riker. What? WWE, you had a great tag team. A really great tag team. What is your problem? What? I don't understand. I, I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. It bugged me. Because 
they had a great opportunity. They had a great team that they just split up. And I'm asking myself, and I'm pretty sure the rest of you in the universe are asking, what was Elias thinking? What is Elias doing? It makes no sense to us. It makes no sense to any. But it's Elias. We never know what Elias is going to do. He's a man of mystery. We never know. So, we, questions are raised. Question marks are everywhere. What is going on? What did we just witness? What did we just see? Interested to see what WWE is going to do with this. Interested to see, you know, Elias has got some serious explaining to do. It, it's going to be an interesting little storyline to see where they go with this. I really am interested to see where they're going to go with this. I'm actually quite, quite excited, so hopefully maybe they'll clarify this later on. Who knows? We don't know. Of course, we see Reginald and Nia Jax talking. And she keeps asking him, do you think it's a good idea to go to Alexis' playground? I mean, after everything that's been going on with the fire and you getting you know, caught in the crossfire and everything going on with Shayna and I and you, do you really think it's a good idea to go to Alexis' playground and talk to her? And, you know, do you think it's, I don't think it's safe to me. I don't think it's such a good idea. But Reginald again tells her, look, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I told you I could handle Shayna. I did what I said I could do. I promise you, I'll be okay. I can do this. I'll be all right. I, I promise. She tells him, okay, I'll let you do this. But if you get into trouble, you call me and I will come help you. Naya has a bad feeling. And me, after everything that's been going on with Alexa, I kind of have a bad feeling too. But I can't figure out exactly what that feeling is because Reginald's been getting caught in the crossfire of everything that's been going on with Alexa and Shayna. And it just doesn't... I smell something fishy in the water. And I don't know what it is. But I guess we'll find out. when it, I Because mean, he's going to Alexa's playground. So I kind of... You know, I guess we'll find out. I don't know. Finally, we're going to get an answer. Because they literally walk up to Elias and ask him. What, 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 you what did you do? You just turned on your tag team partner. You had a golden opportunity to win the tag belts. And you turned on them. What, what were you thinking? What is going on? And Elias basically tells him. Jackson Riker's weak. I've seen it all along. Jackson Riker depends on me way too much. Jackson Riker's weak. I don't need Jackson Riker. I can do this on my own. Blah, 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 blah. Elias and WWE Universe is going to agree with me. We know Jackson Riker. For those of you who don't know Jackson Riker, go look him up with the Forgotten Sons Wesley Blake and Stephen Cutler. Jackson Riker is a dominating force. In NXT, that man was a powerhouse. Jackson Riker is not weak by any means. Jackson Riker is one of the most deadliest people that you can come across. You cross him, you're not going to like what happens when you cross him. And Elias just crossed him. I'm telling you guys, Elias just screwed up. He is going, he's bit off more than he can chew and he doesn't realize who he just messed with. Jackson Riker is deadly and he's dangerous. And I'm telling you, he just screwed up. He just made a royal screw up. And he doesn't even see it coming, but I do. And like I told you guys, if you don't know Jackson Riker, go look him up with Wesley Blake and Stephen Cutler of the Forgotten Sons. These guys were dominating in NXT. They, they're dominating when they came to WWE Raw. They're, I mean, Jackson Riker is the, is the biggest 
dominating force of the three. He is a literally dangerous man, and you don't want to make him mad, and Elias just did. Bad idea. Very bad idea. Alexis Playground. Reginald has come to Alexis Playground. And Alexis sitting in her swing, and Reginald sitting in his, and of course Lily sitting in her lap. That twisted little cute doll, Lily. And Alexis asking, you know, talking to him, and you know, we, you know, all right, all right, the fishy part's coming. I know it's coming. She tells him Lily has a question, and she asks him several different questions, and Lily, she tells him Lily has a question about the time when he was in Circus Cirque du Soleil. And Reginald goes to answer, and all of a sudden, he gets attacked by none other than Shayna Baszler. Who did not see that coming? After the stunt he pulled in the ring earlier that night, and everything that's been going on with Alexa and Shayna, who did not see Shayna showing up? She beats the daylights out of Reginald, sits down, and basically looks at Alexa, and tells her she's not afraid of her at all. She's not scared of Alexa. She's no problem with Alexa. Alexa's all talk, no show, according to Shayna. Shayna's a dominating force. So, I was like, ooh, this is getting good. This is getting juicy. She tells, Alexa tells her, Lily don't like you. Lily likes nothing about you. She doesn't like you at all. And Shayna's looking at that doll like, really? She's like, Really? She's like, do you have a problem with me? Is there a problem that you and I have that we need to solve? And she says, okay, since you have a problem, I have a problem. I think you and I, next week on Monday Night Raw, need to sit down and have a chat. Alexa's looking at her like, you want to talk to me? Okay, cool. She goes, so next week, I'll see you. You and I are going to have a little chat about this problem you and I have that we need to solve right now. Alexa gets that smile on her face like, okay, okay. And she literally gets down in front of Lily, Alexa's doll. This, this doll is something out of the ordinary, but she's really twisted. And tells this doll, you're just a dumb doll. And walks away. Oh boy. That right there. Not smart on Shayna's part. Because we don't know exactly what is up with the Lily doll. We don't know exactly what is going on with this doll. This doll has got some real... I mean, this doll is really weird looking. And you're not quite sure. I mean, this doll reminds me of something from Annabelle. You don't know what this, you know, what is going on with this doll. And to tell this doll that it's nothing more than a dumb doll is stupid on your part. Because it basically is going to get you into trouble. And Shayna saying that, yeah, it's going to get her into a whole lot of trouble. And she just doesn't realize it is. We move on and we see Mansoor in the back with the Viking Raiders. And they're welcoming him to Raw. And they're talking to him and telling him all this stuff. They tell him he has to have, he's going to be a powerful champion or a powerful wrestler. He has to have a war cry and... There's a cute little segment between them. A really cute little segment between Monsoor and Viking Raiders. Monsoor walks off. And as he's walking off, he comes face to face with none other than Mustafa Ali. Guys, I have told you guys how I feel about Mustafa Ali. He is one of my favorite right now. One of my favorites. I love anything Mustafa Ali does. I loved him in 205 Live. I love him now. And the way he is 
it's interesting and he kind of talks to Mansoor and tells Mansoor because you know Mansoor and Mustafa Ali are kind of on the same level spiritually you know physically it's an interesting little you know they're they're kind you know they both come from NXT they both kind of you know had the same experiences it's it's interesting I'm interested in this because I'm interested to see where they're going to go with Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. Could we be seeing a tag team? Could that be where they're going? Could Mustafa Ali take Mansoor under his wing and teach him a few things? I don't know. I'm interested to see what Raw's going to do with this. I'm interested to see what creative's going to come up with with Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. I think they would be a great tag team. I think they'd be a heck of a tag team that might actually give AJ Styles and almost a run for their money. I think they'd be great together. I'm excited about this. I'm excited at the potential coming from this. You guys may disagree, and if you do, please give me a shout out on social media and tell me. You may not like Mansoor, and you may not like Mustafa Ali. Th- that's fine. But And if you haven't seen either one of them, I suggest you go on your social media, type in their names, and look them up, because I'm telling you guys, these guys are incredible. And putting them together would just be amazing. It would be an incredible tag team. The potential is there to be something great if they play their cards right. If they do it right, it's a great tag team. Don't know. We're going to see. Again, we move on to Bobby Lash and MVP. They're celebrating in the back. They're having a great time, you know, partying, you know, enjoying themselves, you know, really, really having a lot of fun. You know, I love when they do this. I love when they do this because it's fun to watch and see what MVP and Lashley are going to come up with next. Of course, they've got their television in the back so they can watch the match between Kofi Kingston and Drew McIntyre. They don't want to miss that. They kind of want to catch that. And it's an interesting little setup. It's interesting to see what's going to happen, you know, from the whole thing. But during their little thing, there was an interview with them. And uh, they ask them, uh, who do you think is going to lose tonight? You know, is it going to be Drew McIntyre? Is it going to be Kofi Kingston? And, of course, MVP goes... We would love to know who's going to lose tonight because we want to know who's going to face Bobby Lashley and who Bobby Lashley is going to beat at Hell in a Cell. And Lashley, of course, goes, none of them are going to win because none of them are going to be able to take this title from me. Nobody's going to be able to take this title off from me. It's going to be the almighty error for a very long time. I love this Bobby Lashley. I love this Bobby Lashley. It's an incredible... He's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Really showcases what a true dominating champion can be. And I'm glad that he has the title. I love that they're giving him this this really, really good run. I like it. it. It's an incredible setup, especially when you put him with MVP. It's incredible. MVP sometimes can get on my nerves, but MVP does really well. The only thing I've said, and I've digressed it, and I'll digress it again, MVP needs to step back and let Bobby Lashley talk. Let Bobby Lashley do what Bobby Lashley do. Let him show what he can do. It's just it's just what should be done. Like it. It's incredible. Like this little setup. Ready, ready to see. What's gonna happen next? Of course, we get the main event. Kofi Kingston versus Drew McIntyre. The winner of this match will face Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell for the WWE Championship. It's an incredible match back and forth between the two of them. Kofi Kingston, Drew McIntyre, they bring their A-game. And it's a really good match. 
really showcasing what these and both of these guys really deserve the shot at Bobby Lashley. They both are incredible in the in the ring. They both would give Bobby Lashley a run for their money. It's back and forth, back and forth. There was an incredible shot and an incredible part where Drew McIntyre, he's famous for his feature shot DDT. It's one of his you know one of his patented signature moves. This time he does it with a little spin. It's almost like a Cesaro swing. He kind of swings Kofi around a little bit before he does the Future Shock DDT. That was a new little twist. I kind of like that. That was kind of a cool little, spinning a little tribute to Cesaro. I liked it. It was great. It was a really good match. Back and forth. Not quite sure. The incredible part of the whole match and the way the match ended was fantastic. Fantastic, because Kofi Kingston literally gets up on the top ropes. You're ready. You're thinking trouble in paradise. Here it comes. We're going to see this. He jumps. Drew McIntyre from across the way runs across, leaps in the air. Claymore in mid-air, guys. In mid-air. It was incredible. It was kind of that whole thing back to when Randy Orton did that RKO out of nowhere in the middle of the air on Seth Rollins. It was incredible. Incredible. Of course, Drew McIntyre does win that. Yay! Props to Drew. Now we finally get our one-on-one match between Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Finally! He gets his rematch against him one-on-one. He will face him in Hell in a Cell. Bobby Lashley comes out. And Drew and Lashley are you know, back and forth. Lashley trying to you know, taunt Drew to come up there. Drew trying to taunt Lashley to come down there. It's a back and forth battle between the two of them. It's an incredible setup. I loved it. It was incredible. Now, we move on to Friday Night Smackdown for 6-4. Friday Night Smackdown has had some interesting little things going on involving the bloodline, also known as Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, and Jimmy Uso. Of course, we start out with Roman Reigns coming out. Who did not see Roman opening up SmackDown? You can't have a SmackDown without Roman Reigns opening it up. You just can't. It's it's something that's expected. He comes out. You can see the look of, I'm not happy with Jimmy and Jay. You can see that look on his face. It's written all over his face. He's got that serious look, that look of, I'm not happy, and this is where I stand with it, and I'm going to tell you where I feel. Of course, everybody in the arena booing and chanting, we hate Roman, and it's, you know, back and forth. You hear it. You know what's going on. Roman tells him, basically, that basically says, I believe being very direct about everything that I say and how I feel. Roman's always being direct about how he feels about everything. And he says, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with what's going on with Jimmy and Jay. I'm not happy with it at all. But I've had time over the weekend to reflect. I've had time to sit down. I've had a chance to talk to, you know, my counsel and a voice of reason. And I've got something I need to say. So I need to talk to my cousins right now. Jimmy and Jay, of course, come out and he dresses them and he says, I want to tell you guys right now, if you say you're going to win this match tonight, you better win. That's all I'm going to say. And the whole time you hear Jimmy going, we got it. This is our night. We're going to win. We're, we're going to win. I promise you. He says, look, I'm telling you right now, 
course, Jay acknowledges him. He tries to get Jimmy to acknowledge him, and Jimmy goes, come on, I acknowledge you. You not remember back last year at Hell in a Cell when you were choking me out? I acknowledged you. Roman not impressed with Jimmy's little catty comment. Of course, we knew that was coming. He, you know, he start, you know, they start having this thing. He tells him, okay, guys, good luck tonight. That's all I'm going to say is good luck. Make sure, though, guys, that you win. Make sure you win. Get the job done. Win the titles. When you're done, bring those titles to me. I want to see those titles when you win. Jimmy and Jay, of course, agree. Roman walks out. Scratching your head there for a minute. I know all of you are out there in the you know in the wrestling universe. You're scratching your head, going, "Huh? You're not happy, and then all of a sudden you're okay with this? What? What's your barterier motive here, Roman?" I don't know. I, I'm just as clueless as the rest of you as to what Roman, you know, wh where Roman had a change of heart all of a sudden that he's okay with this. I've been saying all along it would make the bloodline stronger if Roman had the universal title and the Usos had the tag titles. It would make them a stronger unit. It would make them a stronger family. It would make them more dominant in Smack on SmackDown if they all had the titles together. Apparently, Roman agrees with me. Wow, shocker. Didn't expect that. So then we move on to the Mysterios versus the Usos for the tag titles. This is an incredible match. Back and forth incredible match. I mean, it's a great match. One of the, you know, really, really, really good match. But the match gets tainted. And I'm going to tell you guys why it gets tainted. It gets severely tainted. Dominic Mysterio is in the ring. Jimmy Uso's up on top and he jumps down off the ropes and lands on Dominic. And Dominic rolls him over. Now, guys, we have a new ref in the ring. This guy I've never seen before. He's a new uh, official. So, when you got a new official, it's kind of hard to, you know, sometimes they don't always know it. Don't have that real good ring awareness. This is where it gets tainted. He flips him over, and Dominic has Jimmy pinned. The ref counts one. The ref counts two. Jimmy's right arm hits up. And he's waving his arm, and his shoulder is off the mat, guys. It's off the mat. The ref doesn't see it and counts three. The Usos lose. His arm was clearly up. You could see it. It was up. Michael Cole and Pat McAfee run it three times. They both agree. His arm was up. They rerun the footage three times in three different angles just to make sure that they didn't miss something that the ref saw. Clearly, in all three of them, Jimmy's right arm is up. His shoulder is off the mat. It's not a pin. It, he kicked out. But the ref makes the call and says, no, the Mysterios win. The Usos are trying to tell him, hey, my arm, my shoulder was up. Ma Michael Cole and Pat McAfee, hey, 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 you need to look at the footage. This is, you know, his shoulder was clearly up. You could see it. I'm sitting there going, okay, Adam Pierce, you need to fix this because this they didn't win. They didn't win. The Usos tapped the, you know, you know, arm was up. No pin. You know, he kicked out. you got to fix this. This is, this is not right. Michael Cole, Peyton, Pat McAfee's like, this is not right. Pat McAfee, you know, is literally telling Michael Cole, this is not right. And Michael Cole tells him, I know it's not right, but the ref's decision is final. And I'm saying, well, come on, Adam, come on, Adam Pierce, Sonny DeVille, you got to make this right because this wasn't right. They didn't win. It wasn't a fair win. He, he you know, he, he had a shoulder up. It wasn't a fair win. 
we go backstage and we see Roman and he's sitting there because Roman's watching the match, the whole match. He tells Heyman to bring him his cousins. Roman's not happy. You can tell. Roman, the steam ready to come out of his ears. He's not happy at all. Not happy. When they get back there, Roman yells at him. Tells him, come on guys, you lost. You lost to a child. A child. Dominic Mysterio. You lost to a child. How could you lose to a child? And Jimmy keeps trying to tell him, hey, you saw it. Everyone else saw. My shoulder was up. I didn't lose. It wasn't a pin. Roman tells him, look, I don't care. You told me you'd win, and you didn't. You better go talk to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville right now, and you better make this right. You better fix this right now. Tonight. I want you to fix it tonight. I'm not going to let it sit. You need to go talk to them right now and fix it. Jimmy and Jay are sitting there. He goes, you hear me? And he accidentally calls Jay Jimmy. Jay corrects him. He goes, I'm Jay. Goes back to the reference that Roman made last week, where he said, "Do you really want to go back to being that per you know being with your brother and them asking you, which one are you?" Roman just clearly got him wrong and called him Jimmy instead of Jay. I'm in shock. Jay calls him out on it. I'm hoping that the Usos go and fix this because it's clear the Wrath made a wrong call. It's clear his shoulder was up. He did. They didn't win. It's clear. Interview with Seth Rollins went the way Seth Rollins does it. He didn't want to talk about anything involving Cesaro. He didn't want to talk about anything wrong. I mean, he was really mad. He was really, really mad. To the point, he takes his earpiece out, sits it in Kayla's hand, and walks off. Classic Seth Rollins, guys. Classic Seth Rollins. Not quite sure where they're going with Seth. Interested to see. You know, Cesaro's out with an injury. Don't know what's going to happen with Seth Rollins. It's up in the air as to where they're going to put him. I'm kind of hoping they put him against Roman Reigns, but we haven't seen any indication of that. And Hell in the Cell is in three weeks. Don't know what's going to happen. Interesting little storyline. Interesting little tidbit. Shreve Profits are in the back talking about that tag team match. And, you know, even they clearly said shoulder was up. They agree. Chad Gable comes up and tells him, well, you, what are you guys talking about? You guys have not won anything lately. You guys have not done anything lately. Why don't you join the Alpha Academy with me and Otis, and I'll help you guys get, you know, better and help you guys get, start getting W's. Really, Chad Gable? Street Profits don't need help. Street Profits do just fine on their own. They don't need help at all. If they want help, heck, they can go to anybody. Heck, they can go to MVP if they want to. They don't. Because Street Profits do what the Street Profits do. They work together. You know, they do really well together. They don't need any help. Interesting little promo. Could we be setting up Chad Gable, the Alpha Academy versus Street Profits? Maybe. We'll see what happens. We move on to Carmilla versus Liv Morgan. Guys, Liv Morgan was incredible. She was absolutely incredible. I wanted to hug her. And all of you know what I'm referencing because I talked about this before Monday Night Raw. All of you know what I'm referencing. I really wanted to hug her. But even without Ruby, she did fantastic. She did fantastic against Carmella. Carmella got the win, but Liv Morgan did well. She did great. I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going to go with Liv from here. Liv is great. 
no matter what she does. Liv Morgan is incredible. So the sky's the limit for her as to what she can do. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with her. I, I hope that she, you know, she gets a shot at the women's title. I hope that she, you know, she gets all the accolades and success that she deserves because she really does. Carmilla, same thing. I hope that Carmilla succeeds in every endeavor she goes in in WWE. I'm looking forward to seeing this. This is going to be a really good feud between her and Liv. They could really do a really good feud storyline with these two girls if they do it right. Yeah, who knows? The sky's the limit. The sky's the limit between these two. Really is. It's the limit. I don't... You, that's all I can say about it. It's, it's, it's incredible. You would have to go back and watch the match. It's incredible. The shows go to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville. And they basically are trying to explain to them, Hey guys, go look at the footage. The ref made a wrong call. And they're right. I said it. Jimmy Uso's shoulder was up. So I need a villain and Adam Pierce go, okay, look, 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 look. We're going to go look at the footage. And then we'll make a decision. And Jimmy and Jay are like, tonight. We need a decision tonight. Adam Pierce and Sonia Deville goes, we'll look at the footage. And we'll give you our answer after we see the footage tonight before SmackDown ends. Jimmy and Jay are like, okay, we're cool with that. They walk off. Bianca Belair comes out. She talks about how Bailey's getting on her nerves. How Bailey's really bugging her, and Bailey just won't shut up, and you know, so she, Bailey really has been kind of in your face with Bianca. I told you guys how I feel about that. I'm not saying Bailey isn't good; she is. She's incredible. She's a great in-ring performer. But there are other women in the back, like Liv Morgan, Carmilla, and you know, that deserve you know, deserve a shot at the title against Bianca Belair. I'm not saying that Bailey doesn't, but Bailey has had her opportunity and she failed. You how many times are you gonna give a woman an opportunity before finally you get tired of the you know, get tired of it and you want to move on. Stop focusing on Bailey and start focusing on other women in the back that deserve a shot at it. You've got plenty of women in that division that would love to have a shot at Bianca Belair. Give them their opportunity. Don't sit back and keep giving it to Bailey. It's not fair to the others. I'm not saying that Bailey isn't good, I'm not saying that Bailey doesn't deserve it, but there's others that deserve it more. But anyways, Bianca basically proposes a challenge to Bailey. She tells her, I'm going to give you another opportunity at my title at Hell in a Cell. So what do you say? You want to face me one more time? You want to put your money where your mouth is? You want to prove to me that you are the best? Then face me at Hell in a Cell for the title and we'll see where it goes. She goes, come on, Bailey. What do you got to lose? Come on. Come out. Tell me what you got to say. She's looking around. We hear no Bailey. Fans are wanting to see Bailey. We're wanting you. Come on, Bailey, show up. Don't be a chicken. Are you going to answer her or not? Bailey pops up on the Titan Tron. Oh, Bianca, up here. Hey, hey, I'm up here. She's sitting in a room. Guys, I'm not kidding you. Go look this up if you don't believe me. Sitting in a room with pictures of her all over the wall from the ceiling to the floor. Of her with her title. And I'm like, really? You're full of yourself. Really? You... I'm blown. It boggles the mind at Bailey doing this. It just boggles the mind. And I'm sitting there going, what? And she basically you know, tells her, okay, I accept. I accept your challenge. I'm going to prove to you that I can beat you this time. And then she starts doing that annoying little laugh that sounds like nails going down on a chalkboard. I'm literally chattering my teeth because of that annoying little laugh. And it's not just on the Titan Tron. It's all over every screen in the Thunderdome. Tons and tons of Bailey's with that same little annoying. Her laugh is more annoying than Buddy on AEW. You're like, oh, God, stop. You know, 
is annoying, but she accepts her challenge. So now we're going to get Bianca Belair versus Bailey, part two, at Hell in a Cell for the SmackDown Women's title. Okay, okay. But WWE, you better make this the last time. It better not be, be, be her again. Put somebody else in the title picture. Get Bailey out if Bailey can't win this time. Street Profits again are in the back talking about Chad Gable, and Otis keeps walking by. Otis gets mad because he feels like that Montez Ford and Dawkins disrespected Chad Gable. And he wants him to apologize to Chad Gable. Street Profits ain't going to apologize. He never apologized for anything. They never have. Otis, they basically tell Otis, you know, your problem is, is you're hanging around Chad Gable. You used to be this fun-loving guy that everybody wanted to be around. And, you know, you did really good, you know, by, you know, did really well by yourself. I mean, come on, he won money in the bank. He won the money in the bank. Ladder match. Hello. That's got to stand for something. And back and forth and tell him, look, Chad Gable's holding you back. You need to stand on your own two feet. You need to separate yourself from Chad Gable. Tree Profits are right. They're calling it. They're calling as they see it. I mean, it's brutally obvious that Chad Gable is, you know, making Otis not be what we all notice Otis can be. Otis doesn't like it and attacks Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. Taking them, I mean, wiping them out. We don't even see Ford. Ford gets knocked out of the freaking camera shot. He just literally plows through Angelo Dawkins like he ain't nothing. And I'm sitting there going, okay, now y'all definitely are trying to set up a feud between the Alpha Academy versus Street Profits. If you don't make this feud happen, they're going to literally tear each other apart. It's just inevitable. It's coming. Now we go to the feud that's been going on. The feud that I have been loving, guys. The feud that I've been so ecstatic about. And I'm talking about King Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura. This feud has been incredible. It has been a great feud. I love it. I love the way the WWE has been doing And putting Ricky Boogs into it. Love it. If you guys have not seen Boogs, you need to see this guy. He's originally from NXT. Go back and look him up. He's incredible in NXT. I love him being with Shinsuke Nakamura. He's electrifying on the guitar, playing Shinsuke's music as Shinsuke comes in. It's incredible. But the best part about it is, is the whole thing with Baron Corbin's crown. Shinsuke Nakamura not only is wearing King Corbin's crown, but he's posting some pictures on social media with it. He's posting videos with him on it. He's gone to Twitter, his Instagram. He's lit the, you know, the entire internet on fire with where is he going to pop up next with this with this crown where are we going to see Shinsuke next it's an incredible feud and the match of course incredible incredible fight of course Corbin gets one up on Shinsuke and wins he goes over gets his crown back we're all like oh sad day sad 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 day he walks around the ring heading back to the front Boogs grabs him by his foot and is hanging on to him. Corbin drops his crown. Shinsuke gets it back. Yay! We go again with more pictures, more videos. I told you guys, I'm loving this feud between the two of them. It's a great feud. It's an incredible feud. And you're putting Ricky Boogs in with it. And the funny part is Pat McAfee. If you guys have not seen this, go on social media and look this up. Pat McAfee with the lighter. His camera, his phone with the light on his phone. He's up there dancing on the It is hilarious, guys. Pat McAfee is killing me with this. He is literally killing me. It's an incredible storyline. It's a great setup. 
I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next with this. I really am. It's great. So we get the Intercontinental Title Championship match. Apollo Crews versus Kevin Owens. Commander Azeems has been banned from ringside. We see Kevin Owens coming out to the ring to get ready for his match. He gets attacked by Commander Azeems before the match even starts, guys. Before it even starts, he gets attacked. Literally, security has to come out there and break him up because he's about to do a Nigerian nail on Kevin Owens. And we saw what happened the last time he did a Nigerian nail. It hurt Kevin Owens. So, you know, they had to break him up. We go to commercial. When we come back, we get a little segment that kind of answers the question to what we were wondering earlier in the earlier in the night. Adam Pierce comes up to the Usos and tells them, Okay, guys, I've made a decision. Sonya and I have made a decision. You guys get another shot. You're right. Your shoulder was up off the mat. The ref didn't see it. That was a bad call. Y'all get another shot at the tag titles tonight. Usos are happy. I'm happy. Fair call. Thank you, Sonya. Thank you, Adam. They catch up with the Mysterios as they're getting ready to leave. Tell them the same thing. That it wasn't a fair call. His shoulder was up. The ref didn't make a bad call. They have to go back out and face the Usos again. Good call there, Pierce. Thank you for fi- Sonya, thank you for fixing that. That's what we wanted. Now we fast forward to the Intercontinental match. I told you guys, Commander Zeems had got Kevin Owens. He had already got Kevin Owens before the match even started, but Kevin Owens comes out anyways. This fight was not a fair fight to begin with because Kevin Owens had got attacked prior to the match in the back. Kevin still tries. Kevin does. Kevin gives it his all. Everything he possibly can give. Pop-up powerbomb. He you know, tries to pull a stunner three times. Kevin does what Kevin can do. Even though Kevin is hurt, he still puts on a heck of a show. It is a great performance. Great match. It ends, however, in Apollo Crews retaining his title. I didn't like that because... It shouldn't have ended that way. Commander Azim should have been put out of the building instead of being just barred from ringside. He should have been barred from the building. It really, truly wasn't a fair fight between Kevin Owens and Apollo Crews. Not to say that Kevin Owens did not give it his all. He did. He gave 110% that that he needed to do even though he was injured he gave it all, gave it his all and Apollo Crews did a fantastic job you know competing against Kevin Owens they both did great it was an incredible match of course Commander Azeems comes out to celebrate with Apollo Crews Apollo Crews is celebrating all of a sudden you see Zambi Zane come out from the back and you're thinking uh oh he's about to attack Apollo Crews Sami Zayn goes around him, goes into the ring and attacks an injured Kevin Owens, taking Kevin Owens out with a halula kick. He then tells Kevin Owens, you brought this on yourself. Karma did this to you. This is why you keep losing. It's your fault. You did this. It's your fault. Are we going to get another Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens fight? We all know how Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens fights are. They're incredible. They are fantastic. I'm excited to see. Are they going to do this? Are we going to get it? Are we going to get them fighting at Hell in a Cell? Are we going to get them fighting for the Intercontinental title when there's a threat match? What are we going to see? I don't know. It's going to be an interesting storyline to see where they're going to go with this because 
Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, they're fantastic in the ring together. They're fantastic. It's fantastic to watch these two fight each other. It's just one of those things you just can't look away and you want to see what's going to happen next. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen here. Now, we get the main event. SmackDown Tag Team Championship Match Part 2. The Mysterios versus the Usos. This match was great. They had a better ref this time who was more experienced and paying attention to what was going on. The match was incredible. The match was great. I mean, the Usos were doing so good. It was such a good match. I was on the edge of my seat thinking, okay, now they're going to get it. They're going to get the title. They can take them back to Roman. Everything's going to be good. And then out of the blue, in the middle of the match, Roman comes out and attacks Dominic Mysterio, causing the DQ causing the Usos to lose their tag team title shot. What? Roman? You had no business being out there until after the match was over. Of course, we all know Roman does what Roman does. That's just Roman. He's literally tearing the Usos opponents apart. He's tearing Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio apart. He is just a monster on fire beating the daylights out of both of them. Neither one of them can get a leeway in. The whole time, Jenny and Jay are watching this in horror. They are in horror and shock. You can see the look on their faces. It's unbelievable. They just can't believe that Roman is doing this. That Roman just blew their shot over jealousy. It's a back and forth. I mean, it's just, oh my, it's incredible. Roman basically is beating the day out of time. Finally, he gets Dominic in a guillotine. And Jimmy goes, Roman, cuz, hey, hey, hey. Not like this, man. Not like this. Don't do this. Don't do it like this. No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. This is not how we do it. Roman stops. And you're thinking, oh, J Jimmy's finally, you know, getting through to Roman. We're finally, got, you know, we're finally starting to see that Roman realizes what Jimmy is saying. That this is not how we handle this cuz. We do it a different way. Mm -mm. Roman goes right back at him again. He goes back at Dominic again. Just taking Dominic out. Jimmy walks out. Jimmy can't handle it. It's just too much. It is too much for Jimmy Uso. Jay Uso is standing there. And Jimmy's like, come on, man. Come on. Let's go. We're not going to deal with this right now. Come on. We'll deal with this another time. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Jay is conflicted. You can see the confliction between him and Rio with Roman and Jimmy. He's not sure which side he's going to take. That's how SmackDown ends with that confliction between the two of them and between Roman. Not quite sure where they're going with this. Don't know exactly where WWE is going with this, but you can obviously see the cracks in the Bloodline Foundation really starting to form. You're seeing it start to break apart, and you're not quite sure where this is going to end or how this is going to turn out. Not quite sure. Looking forward to seeing what's going to happen on next week's SmackDown as the saga continues with Jimmy and Jay and Roman Reigns. I'm interested to see where this is going to go. Really interested to see it. Like I said, you guys, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Because without you guys, there would be no In the Ring with Brandy. You guys are the reason that I get up and do this every week. You guys are the reason that I bring you all the action and all the news and worthy, worthy stuff in WWE and in any platform in wrestling. Without you guys, there would be no me. And I appreciate it. I really, really do. 
I told you guys, follow me on social media. Give me a shout out on those social media platforms. Tell me what you guys think. If you don't want to talk about SmackDown or Raw, if you want to talk about the new recent releases from WWE, if you want to talk about stuff from New Japan, anything pro wrestling, guys, I'm willing to listen. I, I'm willing to hear your opinions because I value your opinions and I want to tell you guys what I think and I want to hear what you guys think. So I value that. So please guys, give me a shout out and follow me on my Facebook, on my Twitter, at Wrestling Nights, Nights Ending with a Z, and on my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. Get on there. Tell me what you think. Tell me, you know, anything. We can talk about anything wrestling related. I would love to hear what you guys think. Again, guys, I want to thank y'all so much for listening. Because like I said, you guys are the reason I do this. You, you guys, your fans like me. You love wrestling. You have that passion like I do. And I want to bring that passion and that fire to you guys. So you guys can experience the same things that I experience. Or even more. So I, I really appreciate you guys so much. I don't know what, what i do without you guys. And again, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you next time with more wrestling action. Have a good night.